Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Holiday sale at Ancestry.com. Do you have heart failure and often hear? Those stomach issues ruined your birthday. You're too tired to play catch, Grandpa. Sweetie, you haven't touched your tools since the carpal tunnel syndrome diagnosis. If these seemingly unrelated symptoms sound familiar, talk to your cardiologist. Ask about transthyretin amyloid cardiomyopathy or ATTRCM, a rare and underdiagnosed disease that gets worse over time. Learn more at connecttoyourheart.com. That's connecttoyourheart.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. Hey, it's Tiki Barber. eBay Motors has everything you need to keep your ride or die alive. From superchargers, brakes, exhaust kits, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home the win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When my daughter gets a cold, <coughs> I have a secret weapon. Dayquil Kids Berry from Vicks. Dayquil Kids is specially formulated to treat kids' most bothersome cold and cough symptoms quickly. And the best part is that Dayquil Kids Berry tastes really great. Aren't you supposed to be resting? Maybe. Dayquil Kids Berry. The kids' berrylicious daytime congestion, coughing, stuffy head, stuffy nose, just for kids. Medicine. Safe for kids six years plus. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome. To the Giannato and Jeffrey show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter on X at JWright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller is producing the program for us. We're glad that he is with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist, the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. A top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee, barely. 
and tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He is on Twitter on X at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. Jeffrey, I told you the Grizzlies needed a treat last night like a game seven. And they did. <laughs> they did. No, as I was, as as the day progressed yesterday and you progressively heard what the last few days have been like for the Grizzlies leading into that game last night, I was more convinced than ever, like, if they lose this game, it could be, it could be really bad because they've invested a little, they've invested quite a bit into this regular season game. This was not. Your ordinary Wednesday night against the Utah Jazz. No, there was definitely there was a clear a clear intensity. And then when they went down fifteen to seven to start, like they got the new starters, and it's like okay, got D Rose in there, got David Roddy, seventh new starting lineup since November first. Uh, and then they came out and were down fifteen seven. I think it was you know like and it was like Taylor Jenkins called the first time out because they were down fifteen to seven, and I was like, oh man, is the and but then. They rolled from it really. It was the second, second quarter. quarter, which is best second quarter of the season. I was gonna. I say I. I haven't like done all the numbers, but I assume it can only be that second quarter or the Clippers' second quarter, correct? Because in the other second quarters, like the Grizzlies trailed in Portland, and then they trailed. I think in San Antonio. So I think it has to clearly be the best second quarter of the year. Yes. Um, so we got to celebrate. I was there. There were, you know, I'd say sparse crowd. You know, it wasn't you know, not a lot of people, but it was a Wednesday night, it and didn't look great on television. No, nah, and it wasn't it wasn't great there. But I will say the people that were there, like it was loud at the end. You know, like they got a nice hearty quality, cheer. not quantity. Yes, yes, there, there were some real ones there last mm. night, Jeffrey. Uh huh. Um, so saying that just because you were there? <laughs> no, I'm not talking about the media, um, but. Nonetheless, the Grizzlies got off the schneid. They got that first home win of the year. They will not enter the month of December without a home win. We'll talk lots of Grizzlies here in the first hour. We also got some news uh, on John Morant uh, and his lawsuit to break down. Could be uh, between now and his season debut uh, on November 19th. We we might get his... uh, his first public appearance could actually uh, potentially be in a courtroom. So uh, we'll discuss that as well here to start today's show. Eric, well, Eric, hasn't he – I guess that's not public. He's been at practices. Yeah, I'm the, just yeah, saying yeah, like yeah, public yeah. appearance. Uh, we'll get into it. I was uh, just thinking he's been photographed. Yeah, we'll get into it here at the top at the top of the show. Eric Hasseltine, uh, your play-by-play voice of the Memphis Grizzlies here on 92.9 FM ESPN. He's going to join us at 240. We'll get his thoughts uh, being inside of the arena last night as the Grizzlies got a big win and sort of what what the future holds here for this team over these next eight games that they have to navigate without John Morant. Can they, you know, can they win more than one or two? You know, it, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll get into it with Eric. Three o'clock or so, we'll get into the list. We'll do the tasting menu. It's uh, championship weekend in college football. Also got some good college hoops and how would you describe the NFL slate? There's a lot of buys this week in the NFL. Yeah, bye weeks are back. Um, it's fine. Fine? Okay. Well, we'll get better, into it. Uh, better than last week. Okay, there we go. That's, that's This is not— I needed to hear that at least. It's better than last week. That's not saying much. Last week—well, Sunday, I should say. Although mm-hmm. the Thanksgiving and then the Friday, the Black Friday game was horrific. Yeah, we'll see about tonight, Cowboys, Seahawks. But last Sunday but- would have been defined by— you will miss this in February. <laughs> well, we'll get into the tasting menu. That's where we decide what 
sports Jeffrey is going to have on his four TVs over this sports weekend, which begins tonight. <laughs> oh, we got a little golf as an option, right? It's the month of Tiger starts. Tiger season. Yeah, Tiger's playing the Hero, oh. the hero Challenge. Um, Looking good. And then uh, 3.30 or so, Walking Jason Smith really well. will join us. We'll get his thoughts on the Grizzlies. Also, uh, get his thoughts. There's development in the Mikey Williams situation. Good, I, I would say... Probably the best possible outcome I could have imagined for Mikey Williams. Yeah, I wouldn't, gun charge. Don't case. go good, mm-hmm. but best possible correct. outcome yes. that I could have imagined given the last update we got. Um, but there's some. He, he's pled guilty to a charge, but there's some details that to a felony charge to a felony charge. But there's some details worth discussing. I'm on a drink that. Uh, he just launched one ob <laughs> that feel like uh, you know it might. There might be a possibility he plays Memphis basketball. We'll see. Uh, but lots to get to on today's show. But let's start Grizzlies. Let's start with the game, the significance of it, Jeffrey. Um, I don't know. Like, I wasn't ready to, like, they won that game and go, that, this is the – you know, some people were asking the players, like, did, does this, did this feel like a turning point in the season? I was just like – Come on. This is not a turning point. Yeah, it was more like it wasn't a banner day for postgame questions. To me, it was to me it was if they had lost this, it would have been a bad turning point. That's how I would have looked at it. I don't know if this is like this is going this is you know, they're not suddenly I don't think they discovered something last night by changing the starting lineup again or playing harder that's gonna frankly, help them against Dallas and Phoenix on the back-to-back here on Friday and Saturday. I still expect them to lose both those games, you know? And mm-hmm. so, um, but I do think because of how, like when you started hearing how much, you know, they had this player-led practice where, you know, very clearly, we were joking about it yesterday, but very clearly it was a, they viewed it as a significant moment in the season so far, that they had this practice where the players did all the talking and, you know, I know some people have been kind of like, what the hell? What what the hell are we paying these coaches for? But it it seemed like talking to the players that it worked. You know, like they felt it was, so, even though it was a hard practice, and then uh, the way I believe the word that was thrown around was uncomfortable, that they That's could see the benefits more, of it. That's where growth happens. Well, they could see the benefits of it, but I think they could only see the benefits of it because they were coming off a 20-point win over the Utah Jazz. I think if they had lost that game, you know, then you start going like, "What the hell are we doing here?" You know, like, I, and so I think it was really important that they got positive reinforcement after what feels like was a crisis moment. You had Derrick Rose blasting him after the Phoenix game. You had Marcus Smart blasting him during the Timberwolves loss at the very end of it, and then Taylor Jenkins revealed there was like more discussion in the locker room after that game. Like Marcus Smart talked to them more in the locker room after that. Then you had this what. They were calling a very unique practice, you know, a very notable practice yesterday. You had Derrick Rose saying we're trying everything, <laughs> you know. It just, it was the first time this felt a little, they, they felt a little desperate for a win, right? Like, for, for the most part, even though they've been uh, losing games. I would say, I felt like they, they were, they played with desperation against Denver. They played with desperation against Boston. They played with desperation the second in the Portland game. And remember when they lost I'm, the first one? Then the I'd argue in the first one they played with desperation. Yeah, I mean, that's true. They played desperation, desperate in both. They played a desperate fourth quarter, or maybe I guess you could say second half against the Spurs. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I mean this this there was a noticeable there was a noticeable advantage for the Grizzlies last night in terms of effort compared to the Jazz. Yes. And then, you know, and like honestly, it was in, the game was important enough for the morale of the team and frankly the, the whole fan base. They're like I don't even care that Lori Markinen wasn't playing. Like they just needed a win by any means necessary. Uh, I mean, I I feel like I've been here for I feel like I've been here for at least a month. I context does not matter. You are at yeah. the point where in these games without John Morant, you don't really care what the context of a win or a loss is. It is simply a number. Just at this finish point. finish with more points Correct. than the other team. Uh, you know, you just need the dub, and they needed the dub last night, and they got it. They got a big. Big performance in the first half from David Roddy. Big performance the whole game from Derrick Rose. And I thought a really nice performance from Zaire Williams, too. A nice two-way performance from Zaire Williams. I'll just be honest. All three of those things. Oh, and then I would say, while Jaron didn't shoot the three ball that well, he did everything else really the, well. I, that And also, to me, I thought Jaron's body language had started mm-hmm. to get bad and it's understandable i mean the frustration everything well, and, that's, and but his body language last night was, was well listen great. he was the defending he is the defending nba defensive player of the year and it's not like his defense was a problem the last five or six games but like part of this team's success is his defense being like an extreme strength like yeah, part of how this team is built is built upon not just him being a good defender, him being one of the best in elite, defenders yeah. in the NBA, and he hadn't been over the last five or six games. Last night, NBA Defensive Player of the Year, Jaron Jackson Jr. showed up. Yeah. And it was, you know, usually blocks don't, sometimes blocks don't always tell the tale of a defensive performance. I think the fact that he had six blocks and it was like the first time he'd had more than four since the season opener, I think, like, that was telling. Like, there was a different... Type of it just showed how focus. active he was. Yeah, there was a different type of focus and activity from him, and so that was crucial. Now the problem is, I feel like I might, you know, I can, I feel like reasonably confident that seventy five percent of the time I'm going to get engaged. Elite defender Jaron Jackson Jr. The other stuff that happened in this game, you know, like I don't know if we're going to get that type of shooting from Roddy, you know, more than once every ten well, games. I mean, the history suggests yeah. we're not. And same with Zaire. I mean, and- he had. His, he had- well, first off, that was a career high in three-point makes. Yes. And then on top of that, it was what, didn't he make like five of his first six? And then, even, I don't know if it's good or bad, Roddy commandeered the locker room. He had the, on the big screen, he had the big Colorado CSU game on while post-game interviews were going. I watched more CSU basketball last night than I'd watched probably in a decade because, like, the whole second half of the second half was taking place while we were doing interviews in there. I'm glad that you did because you get to, that's a, you can join me early on mm-hmm. cutting down Mountain West teams. Colorado State, aren't they another one of those teams that, like, they're, they're kind of like a fake good 6-0? and Well, they beat Creighton, and now they've beaten Colorado. Um, so they're 6-0. and Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Um, Roddy's high on them, just, just, just uh, in case you were I'm sure, curious. You no know else will be high on them? I'm sure the committee will be. Yeah. <laughs> and guess who will probably lose round one? Um, nonetheless... You know, I don't know if you can count on that. You know, we know you can't really count on that from Roddy and Zaire on a consistent basis. And then Derrick Rose, you know, I just think ultimately, like, he played 27 minutes last night. And, you know, I wish you could – like, I, he has shown me enough, certainly right now, where, like, I much prefer him to a lot of those guys on the bench. Like, he's, you know oh, – for- <laughs> Hundred <laughs> you know, percent. Sure. Like if we're going, like who are the five or six best players on the current available players? He's certainly one of them. 
Yeah, but e- I even just don't when know. You, even you, when you can, even when you also consider like he's not been great defensively. What he gives you at point and offensively is he gives you some scoring pop. Like you know, like he can well, he just gives you someone that can run an offense. Yeah, and so. But, like, the reality is, like, should he really be playing both games this back-to-back? No, well, he probably shouldn't. And he's, like, 27 minutes is probably on the high end of how much you can really play him at this point in his career. Okay, I guess this is kind of where I, I was struggling. It seemed to me everybody was kind of on the same page. Mm-hmm. That last night was an important game for yeah. the Grizzlies. Yeah. Everyone needed, you know... Game seven, however you want to, like, do or die attitude. Don't get, you'll get a win because who knows where the next Correct. one's coming from. I mean, it's Detroit next I was Wednesday. Just but taken back this morning when, like, Jeff's line of questioning to me was all about, was this a repeatable formula? Was this, like, like is this a breakthrough and whatnot? And I was just very taken aback by that because, again, I did not I, – I didn't – once the game was over, I, I didn't really watch postgame. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought everybody's on the same page and then my wife and I watched other stuff. I watched, oh, I'll tell you, I, I watched that outstanding scene in Fayetteville. That Arkansas Duke game oh, yeah, was, yeah. Was, a, was a blast to watch. Good one for Memphis, too. It was a, it's been a good couple of days for Memphis's resume. Yeah, Memphis uh, basketball. Definitely yeah. a good couple of days. But I was very taken aback, and then I started doing the math, and it seems like a lot of the, it seems like maybe there was like a forced narrative from some of the questions last night to like, is this a breakthrough? Like, there were just there were a few. I don't think I I don't say I did not sense. I mean, for the for the record, like my point is the line of questioning is going to lead to a result. Like I thought all the answers that that I went back and listened to this morning, it's like what are they supposed to say? Like, yeah, you hope yes, you would hope that this is a breakthrough. Like, I don't think. I would appreciate if somebody like, man, guys, like, this might have been a one-off. Like, no one's going to say that. Mm-hmm. Well, what I think, you know, like, Jaron's point was at the end of his press conference, like, hey, this past month, month and a half hasn't been good. But, hey, you know what? As he put it, next month is going to be a lot better. There, I believe the way he said it, there's a man sitting at home chomp, licking his chops. He's referencing John Morant. Oh, that's it? Um, really? Yeah. Not Steven? <laughs> not Steven Adams, not Brandon Clark. Um, but I don't know. I, yeah. Um, Mark, that's why they pay you the big bucks. Thank you for filling in that, the, connecting those dots for the, me. The reality is they've got eight games left with John Moran out, and at best they're going to be favored in two of them. And honestly, if they won, if they went two and six, I'm not saying that would be good, but that wouldn't be surprising. I mean, honestly, I think right now, if you offered up two and six, I, I think I might. Well, I probably wouldn't take it, but that seems like the most likely result of these next eight is two and six. Man, I don't know, man. If you look at, if you look at, they're the, going to split the. They're not going to lose three times okay, but, to Houston, just like they weren't going to lose three times to Utah. That's I mean, how I look at it, and then they'll beat Detroit. Okay, but this is how I look at it. Mm-hmm. They basically win once every five and a half to six games. Mm-hmm. There's there's eight games in well, that. Well, and the other variable is it does look like, and this is, maybe this is speculation, but the way Marcus Smart said some things during shoot-around to the media while, like, he's not in a boot anymore. He's, like, taking part in some stuff. I'm sensing he might be on the, you know, like they said, three to five weeks 
I'm sensing he might be, especially because he's like a competitive dude and wants to get back. It could be more like the lower end of that. Again, this is nothing the Grizzlies have said. And then it sounds like Tillman and Kennard are going to, you're going to get some guys back here in the next week or two, I think. Yeah. I mean, you're, I mean, other than Ja. I would presume Kennard comes, I guess, uh, Kennard and Tillman seem earlier than than Marcus. It sounded like the target. Do we know is Marcus in playgroups yet? So no, Marcus is not in playgroups. Has he been cleared for contact? Tillman has been cleared at this. It sounds like they're targeting next Wednesday. Like sounds like you know Wednesday at Detroit's going to be an all hands on deck game. We Tillman could be available for that one. It I sounds support. Like. Yeah, like you need to strategically figure out the winnable games. Yeah, Wednesday against Detroit. I mean, you have you and you have some interesting time here where like with the way the schedule worked out, like they're going to have these back to backs. You know, tomorrow at Dallas, and then, um, and then, uh, excuse me, tomorrow at Dallas, and then, Houston, well, sat- sorry, and then Saturday, Dallas, and Phoenix, Phoenix, and then Detroit. It's the road trips: Dallas, Phoenix, Detroit. And then I didn't um, know where you were trying to go. Yeah, and then you have like a bunch of days off. I don't think they play again until Wednesday after that. Uh, yes, you'd be correct. So they have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I don't know when they'll fly to Detroit. Maybe Tuesday, Tuesday, probably play Wednesday, and yeah. then. And then they have, and then they have they come home Friday. from Minnesota. Yeah, so um, some time to you know, and then you know it was interesting last night. You know, like Jenkins changed the starting lineup. I mean, he had Jalen Noel as the first guy off the bench, emergency ten day contract, and three days later he's the sixth man. It wasn't a great sign for uh, where they are. And then it was interesting that Roddy and Zaire played as well as they did, given all that. And Noel didn't make shots, but he wasn't terrible. I think he wasn't I it wasn't it wasn't like he played you he didn't stand out but I also don't think he I think what he's good at is what the Grizzlies need more of so they might they're, they're going to maybe give him a shot here over the next week just energy like especially like Derrick Rose probably certainly probably is not going to play one of the back-to-back games that might be a game to see what you've got in Noel the game Derrick Rose doesn't play you know, like give I mean, some... I think you can definitely say he was the worst player last night. Because Vince was... was more active defensively. Noel did some things creating offense. He didn't hit. He couldn't hit a shot to save his life, but he did some things to create some offense. I mean, he might have been. I mean, a lot of play, guys played well last night, so he might have been the worst. Yeah, I, I, I did not have a lot of faith that uh, maybe he gets a second ten day. Well, I don't know. Yeah, may, may, I mean, I don't know how long they can. I don't know how long they get the emergency ten day for because the reason they got the emergency ten day is not because of like Adams and Clark. It's the they new got injuries. It, yeah, they got it because of Kennard, Tillman, and Marcus Smart is why they got the, emer- the emergency granted. My guess is, especially if like Tillman's back by next Wednesday, you're probably going to not be able to keep the ten day guys. Would be yeah. my guess. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. That that was something that happened. I, I did not think he was good, but yeah. I'm not. It's I'm also I, not going to kill I, the guy. It was. Like, I wasn't pointing it out because he was any good. I was pointing out because it's like that kind of shows you. Like I counted it last night. The num- How many guys in the rotation last night were playing meaningful minutes in the Lakers series? So you had Dez, Jaron, mm-hmm. Roddy. Mm-hmm. And Santi, yeah, four. That's like crazy to me when yeah. you think about it. That 
Now, we're not even talking like since the beginning of last season no, or no, from no. two years ago, three years ago. We're talking literally last April. There are four guys left from that team playing right now. Well, I mean, that was the other thing. I was, I was thinking about this yesterday. Does that Lakers playoff series seem like five years ago? Like, I don't know. It feels to me like it seems like forever ago and you realize it was just last spring or this spring, whatever. And I think that's kind of been part of – I think that has been part of what has made this year just so deflating in general. Like, if you think back – if you think back to the first playoff run with Powell, whatnot, when they make the Powell trade, you realize at that point, all right, this is not going to be a competitive team. And then when you think about the core four run, it peaked and then, you know – it kind of had a natural progression to the end. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like by the last playoff run, they were they were the seventh. They were the seventh seed. They limped home, and then the next year you have the Fizdale Mark blow up blow up. Which, by the way, turns out Mark might have been right on that one. Um, but I think it's like with this, it just it went from the last two years. You've been the two seed, and yes, the playoffs ended last year. Very disappointingly, but there was at least there was at least like an explanation. It's like, all right, they're hurt, and you wound up going up against LeBron and AD playing at an extremely high level, and it was a tough matchup. It was kind of a little unfair, and then it's like, boom, you're one of the four worst teams in the league for a myriad of reasons. But I think that's kind of been the what has made it so just deflating is the fact that. It just feels like it was just ripped away immediately. Yeah. And no, it's been it's been harsh. But it also you could also look at it, I mean, you know, even those grit and grind teams, I know they, they ended up making the playoffs in some of those years. Like those off years, you know, like some there were some of those years even in between, you know, like the twenty twelve season, the twenty fourteen season. Like yeah, they like weren't those were perfect. Co- no, but they were still they played significantly like other than the year where everybody got hurt. I think it was like the twenty-eight, the great twenty-eight, or something like that, where that was Jaeger's last year, and he's crying yeah. in the press conference. Um, other than that, like, like yeah, you lost a seven-game series to the Thunder, you lost yeah. a seven-game series to the Clippers, but those were like highly well, you, competitive you, teams. You've kind of given up. You don't think it's really plausible in your mind. Let, let's say they're they're five and twenty or six and nineteen, which is probably the most likely record when Ja comes back at this point, right? I mean, even if you want to stretch it out and say that they're seven, seven and eighteen, it's between five and seven wins. Five, you know, and I guess it could be four. You could lose to the piss. It's an NBA team. Ultimately, it's a road game. But my guess is they get at least five wins and maybe as many as seven. That's probably what it'll end up being when Ja comes back. And I've gotten the sense from you, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. That, like you kind of feel like it's going to be ultimately we're going to look back and go. It was that was too big of a hole to have, like they're not going to be able to recover. They're not going to be good enough to recover to even be a play-in team from that. I do. That's and, how you feel. And the main reason why is I think people are focusing on games back, games back, games back. I don't focus on that. I focus on teams that are ahead that you have to pass that I think that you can pass. So if you look at it right now, the Rockets, the Clippers. The Warriors, Jazz, Blazers. That's nine through thirteen, and right directly in front of you. Mm-hmm. I got no problem believing. I would include. I would include New Orleans in that too. 
Like they're they're only a half game up on Houston and all them. Yeah, but I have more faith that New Orleans is like New Orleans is getting McConnell McConnell back. Like yeah, but they collapsed last. They literally just collapsed last year. Yeah, but they still made the play in. Like I, like they they have they have at this point a five game cushion on you and. Mm-hmm. Like I, they're a te- they were a team that was projected to be like exactly where they are right now, somewhere in that mix between maybe not, maybe avoiding the play in or the play in. Okay. I still think like when the warrior, if the Warriors decide to get it together, I do not think that you're going to be able to pass them. I think the Clippers, if you can get all of them playing well, like they're going to be better than you. And the one that like I can see is. Okay, like I think you can pass the Rockets, like mm-hmm. I do, but at a certain point, like that just means that you've worked your way up to to me, like at best eleven. Gotcha. Yeah, I see. I haven't. I'm not ready to like. I, my gut tells me. I mean, I'm not saying punt yeah, on the season yeah, yeah, no, no. because I think a huge part. I think the like to me the objective of the season when Ja returns is to figure out like what works, what doesn't. And how to retool it. Because to me, it's like, other than Ja, Desmond, and Jaron, like, e- even including Marcus Smart, like, all bets are off. Yeah. I see. I'm at the point where, like, I still, I think they're going to, I think they're going to be right there for a play in spot at the end of the season. I think they'll stabilize enough where they're duking it out for that 9 10 spot. And I'm still, until I see them stink with Ja Moran on the court, or like not be be like a 500 team with John Moran on the court, and not like a, you know, right now if you if you game it out right now and they're five, let's say they're five and twenty to when Ja comes back, that would mean to get to 500, you need to go 36 and 21, which is like a 630 winning percentage, about a 51 or 52 win pace during the season. I don't know if they can quite get there, but like. When they've had John Morant the last couple seasons, I know it's a slightly different team, but like if Marcus Smart gets healthy and you got Kennard and Jaws back, like I think that team can win it like a 55, 60% clip if everything falls right. Like until until I prove it's proven that they stink with John Morant in there, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to just, I still think they could, I still think when push comes to shove, they're going to be a play in team. I do, I don't have the number in front of me. Jaw's record without Steven Adams is not great. How many games has he really played without him, though? There's not a huge sample size. It was like some at the end, you know, some, I guess those, whatever, 15 games he played at the end of last year. but like Which were weird to begin with. Yeah, it was kind of weird to be, yeah. So, like, I don't know how many he's really played without him. I mean, some I mean the-, the real question to me is, like, we all acknowledge they are clearly going to be better mm-hmm. with John Morant. Like, that is a no-duh. But, I mean... I find it hard to believe that one player is all of a sudden worth, you know, eight to ten points a game in I terms mean, of in terms of if plus that minus. one player is playing like a top ten player in the league, it could be. Okay, but this is the other aspect of it. Like, first off, I do agree that I think he's going to come out like a house on fire. Mm-hmm. If he does not get hurt, this will be the first time in his professional career he doesn't miss games for injuries. Mm-hmm. So we're going to bake in that. Yeah. And further, like, I think, like, from an effort perspective, I think, like, he can be ready to roll. But are we sure that, like, 
if to me, this is no different. If he comes out and he shoots 32, 33% from three, we're going to start seeing the same issues that we've been seeing, which is everybody packing the paint, daring them to score, and it creates a tons of problems. Yeah, but now, now it's like Dez is the number two guy, and I, I just think it fits. It all fits a lot better when Jaws out there on the court. I think I think both scenarios are very plausible, though. That like that you could be like your scenario of look, they're going to be better with John Moran, but like they're not going to be they're not going to turn into like what would essentially be the two or three seed again in the West just because John Moran's back. They might turn from being instead of being four and fourteen. Instead, they're more you know they, if they went four and fourteen over eighteen, they're more like a you know ten and eight team you know or yeah. nine and nine team that's, that's with John Morant. That's what they were when they didn't have Stephen Adams last year. Yeah, I think that's entirely plausible. I also think like they do have something of a track record, and you might be right. Like no Clark and no Adams, maybe that means like that that's. They can't be a sixty to sixty-five percent win percentage team without those guys. That might be right, um, but I just want to see what it looks like without Ja. And I, st- I for whatever reason, again, it, maybe it's I'll look back on this and I'll look silly, but I, I just think he's he's going to add a lot of juice to this team, and I think they're going to be playing harder than a lot of teams at the end of the year because of this hole they've dug themselves, and if they can stay within arm's length. They'll be motivated to continue playing hard, and maybe and maybe they can make a move at, over the course of the next couple months to help kind of push this up even further. Because I do think, no matter what happens, no matter whether they scratch and claw their way back into the play-in situation or they fall out of the mix, I think between now and the start of next season, this team's making a move of some kind. They're going to have to. I don't know what that move is exactly. I don't know if it's going to – but I think there's – they, they they have to. Oh, I mean, I think it's possible they make moves. Uh. Yeah, moves. But at least one major – like semi-major move. I My my gut tells me it's not going to involve the top three, but it could involve anyone else on the roster. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's more than likely. And that's, to me, like that is the benefit of – like to me, like that's that's what I'm focusing on when Ja comes back. It's like – I am trying to collect as much information as possible to figure out how to retool this team because my my position is I don't care I don't care who does or doesn't come back healthy next year. It has been clear to me at this point this team next year is not a contender as currently constructed even with Ja Morant. Even with Ja, even Correct. with the even with Ja and Marcus Smart healthy. Correct. You don't see it. I, I think I can see that. Like they are not I don't know if they're a title contender. Um I think if they had stayed healthy and Ja was not suspended, they could still be a top six team in the West. Though. Oh, absolutely. Um, but and obviously Adams and Clark, you know, that's a big variable. All right, the other side of this, the other news involving John Morant, kind of interesting. I don't know. We'll see if it actually plays out like this. But that lawsuit he's involved in with Joshua Holloway, the former teenager. Now it's it's gone on so long at this point. I think Joshua Holloway's still a teenager. But he is over 18 now. He's a college student now. Yeah, he's at Samford. He's a basketball player at Samford now. But his lawsuit against John Morant took another twist today when his attorney filed a bunch of subpoenas for this. They have a court hearing December 11th through the 13th in which they are going to, you know, remember a couple weeks ago, Ja, the, the judge cleared the way for Ja to uh, put up a stand your ground defense a self-defense defense, yeah. if you will, um, in his 
case against this le- this lawsuit against Joshua Holloway. It's basically saying like he was defending, you know, he was yeah. punching Joshua Holloway. He was defending defending himself. Since that hearing, Devontae Pack, his friend, has had his assault charges dropped. He had criminal Devontae Pack had criminal charges against him and they got dropped. So now he but and he's also involved in this lawsuit. But as part of the lawsuit, there's going to be a hearing in which John Morant's attorneys argue his stand your ground case, December eleventh through thirteenth. Again, this Wait, is not, again. That was that was arguing the, he was the he was allowed. That was arguing he was allowed to claim it in this case. This whole that whole stuff we decided two weeks ago was not him arguing his se- yes self defense okay. game. It was, it was arguing it whether used. he's allowed to. Is that an acceptable claim. defense? And now he's actually going to lay out a permissible defense, his self defense claim. As part of that, though, the judge allowed the attorneys to subpoena. You know, you're allowed to put in subpoenas as you deem fit. And today, the attorney for Joshua Holloway uh, filed a subpoena, co- trying uh, in an attempt to uh, compelling John Morant to testify in court as part of these hearings. Now, right, but I guess this is kind of my deal. Like that is like that doesn't mean like he has to be there. I mean, like he has to be he, whatever. I think does it. Like he has to be served the subpoena, correct? I mean, technically, he's. It, the question is whether the judge will like you know move it to a different date or they'll change it to he you know a deposition type thing rather than have him in court. But a subpoena is a subpoena as long as the judge approves it. Uh, he's gonna. He's supposed. But, but that hasn't occurred yet, correct? Has the judge approved it? Um. Like to me, I guess. The, I mean, she, the, the judge is, said you so, can subpoena whoever you want, right? This, but this so. is, I guess, this is my problem. I think Rebecca Edelman, the Holloway's attorney, mm-hmm. I think she has made this a very. She's tried to make this a media circus, like a media mm-hmm. event and attention. This yet again feels like another move that is media attention seeking, and I am well not super confident that like like it seems to me like Jaws attorneys will make sure that he's not there well here in his in her defense he has been he has he has been subpoenaed to be deposed in this case for a while and has kind of evaded it like he has not been deposed in this case they you know he hasn't shown up for one of the right, deposition the, but this is going to my point mm-hmm. it yeah. seems to me like his attorneys have done a pretty good job of avoiding that and oh yeah i mean i'm sure making that not but ultimately happen. if the ju- now this is different than a deposition though because if the judge ultimately says like you got to come to court he's gonna have to come to court and so right but my point is that has not been said yet correct um that is my actual question. As as the judge, I get that she has announced because that's kind of what happens with her. She she likes to proclaim. Well, she filed in court filing. She didn't announce whatever. Anything. But it gets it seems to always find its way to it seems to find its way. Well, now it's like I mean, like the, the reason like the commercial appeal report on this because we're checking the court filings every day at this point. You know, like it's a big story. You know, this is a this is a this case has become you know obviously a big sort of a big talking point. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know enough of the legalese to know whether he will. De- Maybe there's some lawyers listening that can tell us whether he will definitely have to um, testify. I just know a subpoena was filed um, today in Shelby County Circuit Court um, uh, to testify uh, in this ongoing civil case. And if he does have to testify, that would be quite a circus at the courthouse. 
Uh, yes. It'd that. be a week, but it'd be a, literally a, basically a week before he's allowed to, he comes off suspension. And it would really be his, fir- if he had to testify, those would be his first public comments, like, ulti- you know, re- in, the, in truth. I know he's put out statements and what have you, but his first public comments since well, the statements aren't under oath. Since the Instagram incident. Um, yeah. So Lucas Fitton, the author of the story over the commercial appeal, um, said the next step is his lawyers will probably try to squash the subpoena. There but ultimately, but ultimately, the judge has to agree with his attorneys. Right. I, yeah. I, I'm I'm not disputing that. But what yeah. I'm saying is that has not occurred. No, because it was just fi- the subpoena Correct. was just filed right. today. But it, if it actually happens, that would be some. All right. I didn't realize this is my fault, Jeffrey, on the scheduling front. Eric Hasseltine told me last night at the game. They're going to be flying to Dallas during his segment today, and we were supposed to. I was I was supposed to let you know if we wanted him, we needed to move some stuff around. So instead, we've got some news on the Memphis basketball front. Mikey Williams' case is now appears to be resolved, and also Penny Hardaway spoke to media today uh, about the Ole Miss game, his reflections on the Bahamas trip, his his feelings on not being ranked again. Very clearly irks him. Um, so I, I, I'm I'm in agreement with him. Like I, when you watch like some of these other teams are at the bottom, it's like there was really no justification for not ranking Memphis other than the last game they played in the Bahamas. They were down forty whatever forty four sixteen at half. Well, let's dive into it next. We'll talk some Memphis basketball. Also, got the tasting menu coming up as well next hour. You're listening to Giannato and Jeffrey on ninety two nine FM ESPN. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Giannotto and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the next generation 10G network. Only from Xfinity. The Giannotto and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. We can go where we want to. Change of plans of the change of plans. We're going back to the original plan. We're pulling a Skip Bayless. Eric Hastine joins the program. Memphis Grizzlies radio play-by-play announcer. Kind enough to join us now. Flight got pushed back an hour. Eric, were you thinking at the end of the first quarter that it might be even longer that the Grizzlies would see a home win? 
no, I thought they played well in the first. I, I just thought that uh, it was one of those back and forth games, but they they missed some opportunities, and I thought they were playing well, and they they needed to clean up the the defensive glass a little bit, which we knew that because Utah is the number one second chance points team in the league. They rebound the, the ball really well with their bigs, and Collins is athletic. So, um, no, I was. It, it was at least it was close, and it was one of those situations where you're like, okay, let's see what they can do. I thought Derek was playing great, facilitating the offense, and obviously David Roddy got his career high in three point shots made in the first half. That was a big push, and um, no, I you know I was. I, I'm trying to take it moment, moment by moment yeah. right now as best we can because it's back to things we've done in the past, uh, you know, when the team has struggled. And it's just not normal for this group. But, you know, the NBA is a funny thing because I've seen this team play really, really well and this year and then have a stretch where they just didn't play very well at all. And, you know, I, I, I look at three or four games where they, in my opinion, easily could have won those games and we're talking about a whole different scenario with the record than we are right now and there's a lot better feelings but you drop a game in Portland that you shouldn't have dropped, you drop a game at home in Utah that you shouldn't have dropped you played really well against Boston and uh, probably should have won that game outplayed them but you know that's the NBA so I don't know I, I just try to take it moment by moment that's why sometimes we get a little goofy and try to make people laugh and enjoy it because we know right now it's it's not as it's not fun to watch your team struggle and it, you know it's tough when you're around these guys because you you develop relationships with them you care about them you you have a, a sense of camaraderie coaches players and nobody's happy about this and nobody's enjoying this and um you know talking to taylor before each game and you know i i feel like i've gotten to know the coach over a year a few years and it, it's a different vibe, and you just have to respect it, and that, that's part of what my job is, is understanding the moment. So you can't get caught up in individual moments or quarters or stretches and just try to think, okay, the, the, this is the NBA. There's games of runs. I mean, the Kings last night, just for an example, I was watching the replay. They looked awful against the L.A. Clippers after – looking awful against the Warriors in the first quarter and her first half and then coming back and winning that game that put them in the quarterfinals. That's, that's just kind of sometimes the way this league works. Right, Eric, let's say, let's say things from here on out go about as well as you could hope. So eight games from now, you get John Morant back. Sometime in sure. that same vicinity, you get Marcus Smart back. Hopefully sometime in that vicinity, you get Luke Kennard back. You know, in the next, it sounds like in the next week or so, you might get Xavier Tillman back. Let's say all that happens. So by the time they get to December 19th, by and large, they're pretty healthy, aside from the Steven Adams and, and Brandon Clark injuries, like the guys who are not right. out for the year. Right. Do you think, and let's say, let's say they're like 6-19. and 19. Uh, Maybe they could be a little better than that. Maybe they could be a little worse than that, but um, let's say they're at six and nineteen, seven and eighteen. Do you think the team, as they have, would have constituted? Do you think that would be? Would that feel like too big of a hole to you for them to dig out of and be a play-in team? 
I never say too big of a hole because you're one win streak away from getting right back into it. And we've seen that happen over the years. I mean, the Lakers last year, everybody wrote them off completely. And it's a different scenario because they had a flawed roster and they went and changed the roster. I don't see that happening for the Grizzlies. It's a little different, but you know, they're going to see some tough teams coming up. They, they're they're going to play some really good teams because the schedule was kind of loaded that way where, all right, you're not going to have your best player. You're not going to be on national TV. So we'll put those games towards the back half after John Morant comes back. So you're going to face some really good teams. The question is, how do they gel? I do believe that when he comes back, you see guys go to their more natural roles. Mm-hmm. Their roles that they're more comfortable with, where you have a guy facilitate, facilitating and playmaking and getting guys shots, like we saw last night. You know, I'm, I'm not going to try to put Derrick Rose in a position where he's got to be the savior these next handful of games, but the offense just ran a little differently. It's nothing against Jacob Gilliard, but if you're a defender and you look across the way as a point guard, you see Derrick Rose or Jacob Gilliard, there's a bigger respect factor for the fact that Derrick Rose can still get to 10 to 15 feet, shoot over the top as he did last night, and he can still find guys with great passes. Um, and guys don't feel pressed or forced. And I think in years past when Ja was out and you had Tyus Jones, but you had your full complement of players, the attitude was different. You know, sometimes I thought guys would stand and wait for Ja to make a play. When Ja was out, they knew Tyus was more of a facilitator, so they had to be a little more aggressive looking for their shots. Now you have guys maybe trying to press saying, I need to make a play, I have to make a play, or I've got to take this shot, where maybe now you're a little more patient or maybe now you have a little more movement. When you can break down a defense off the dribble at any time, that makes a big difference. So I don't think it's out of the question. Mm -hmm. I think it's tough because you're catching other teams. Who knows With injuries coming left and right, who knows how it's going to look. Um, this is just the thing that plays out during the season. I don't think you, you look at it and go, okay, well, the season's done. Let's try to see these guys that, you know, this. I think you try to play every night as it's, you got to win this game. And that's how you're supposed to play every 82 games. So um, I don't think it's too big a hole. I think it's a daunting task, to say the least, because the West is really good. And I've heard people say, oh, the West is down this year. I don't think it's down at all. I think it's that everybody's really good. and They're just beating up on each other. Houston's better. San Antonio's better. The teams that you don't expect to be there are better. Utah is struggling, and obviously without Lowry Markinen, they're a different team, but they've shown they're better. And they just beat the Pelicans twice on their home floor, and the Pelicans are going into the quarterfinals of the play-in tournament. So it's not out of the question, but you have to play really, really well. And I think that that win last night really helps because you get the moniker off your back of you haven't won a game at home yet. And the the fans were fantastic last night. They were anxious for a win. And when the Grizzlies really opened it up in that second quarter, the building got to be what it it can be. And so that, that, that will help too moving forward. Three games now on the road, you come back, you play a couple at home, you go back on the road. It's kind of in and out, in and out. 
and you play some good teams. You play some teams that you wonder how you compete with them. And uh, I heard you guys talking about it. Yeah, beating a team three times in a season is tough. Mm-hmm. Unless you're really, really good, it's really tough. Yeah. So how does Houston look in that situation? I mean, Houston's better. These are all teams, you know, the teams that were behind you have all gotten better. The teams that were just a shade behind you have gotten better. I mean, look at Oklahoma City. It's just the nature of the way it goes. You know, in the NBA, it's such a long season. We've, I mean, I go back to the year the Grizzlies were number one in the West, had just beaten San Antonio. J.B. Bickerstaff was the coach. Everybody's like, okay, this can work. And I think they were 12-7 and seven and went 1-17 and 17 in their next 18 games. So... It can it can go the wrong way too, so we'll 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 see how it plays out. But it's certainly going to be a boost, and it's not just the boost of getting job back, as you said. It's getting Marcus Smart, who now doesn't have to facilitate the offense. Getting Luke Kennard, who now can just spot up, and when job breaks down a defense, he can find Luke Kennard wide open, which we saw last year, becomes a really valuable piece. And it's also Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson not feeling like they have to shoulder all the load of the main scoring duties. How many games of these remaining eight, how many do you think it's realistic to expect Derek to play? That's a great question. I mean, you just the the, the human body is such that he, you don't know. I thought he looked fantastic last night. But well, he, he did, and I also thought like early in the year, you know, I thought he was giving them a decent amount offensively, but it's almost like you could tell the, the increased workload clearly had an effect on his body. Sure, it does. I mean, it, it, it's like anybody. I mean, uh, I mean, I guess basically saying as someone who's now an old man, uh, I get it because there's days you feel great and there's days that you don't. And, you know, I like to say I can go do anything. And there's days I feel like I don't know that I can walk from the refrigerator without pain. And I'm not playing NBA basketball, so that's a huge difference. I mean, this game is so fast, so physical. And I think we commented a little bit last night, or I, I met Elliot off the air. I was like, you know, think about if you're Keontae George. You probably at Derrick Rose and idolizing him, and now you're across the court. So he's going to face guys that he inspired and, you know, made want to play basketball at a high level that now want to prove to themselves, hey, I can play at this level. I can beat Derrick Rose. And whether that's the Derrick Rose of Chicago or the Derrick Rose of now, doesn't matter in their mind. So for him, it's just as best as he can take care of himself and maintain his health, that's, that's going to be the key. Uh, you know, he's so explosive still. He's still got that quick first step, but that, that does take a toll on you. We've seen it with players all throughout time that play at such a, a fast, as, as I like to call it, like a twitch. Like that, that twitch muscle that makes you just a step quicker than guys. Eventually, it catches up to you. And, look, he, he's an ultimate pro. I've been blessed to have some conversations with him on bus rides to the arena. And I, if anything I've gathered out of those conversations is that guy wants to – he never wants to be out there and, and not – be performing at the level he's capable of or what he thinks he's capable of. And I think that's another thing. You know, sometimes you get veterans that have had high levels of success and they're in their mind going, I can do this, I can take this guy, I can do that. And then all of a sudden, you're not doing the same things you did. And that is a that, that can be a mental torment. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 